0: Please stand for the call to worship. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Let us worship God. <laughs>
1: Often we do not stop long enough to listen to the still speaking Spirit of God. And like the people of Jerusalem long ago, we often misunderstand or neglect the Spirit's call and His movement among us. So in the quiet of this moment, let us turn to God and let us confess our failure to listen and obey. Almighty God, You poured your spirit upon gathered disciples, creating bold tongues, open ears, and a new community of faith. We confess that we hold back the force of your spirit among us. We do not listen for your word of grace, speak the good news of your love, or live as the people made one in Christ. Have mercy on us, O God transform our timid lives by the power of your spirit and fill us with a flaming desire to be your faithful people doing your will for the sake of jesus christ our lord in his name we pray amen now hear the good news god's spirit has been poured out on all flesh and he has forgiven us we are being made one by his spirit And together we celebrate his grace and we build up his kingdom on earth. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Now, on this Pentecost Sunday, let us celebrate the Spirit's movement among us by greeting one another.
0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms. We are so glad you're with us today on Pentecost Sunday, and we are delighted that we can celebrate the birthday of the church. And uh, actually, today we are invited to a party. Uh, After our service, our good friends over in the garden are hosting a uh, happy birthday church party, a Pentecost party, and they have invited uh, the whole church community to be a part of that. And they will be uh, serving up some cake for us uh, so that we can celebrate. So you will want to make a point to go that direction. That's where I will be going, that direction. And uh, we'll be underneath the tree and enjoying a little time together. And if by chance you hear a little music coming from the courtyard toward the end of my sermon, uh, be not dismayed. (laughs) Just that they're finishing up their worship outside and that's a great thing. So we hope that you'll join us for that celebration. Meanwhile, we would love for you to fill out the friendship pads and pass those toward the windows and uh, look at those pads as they go by. And we hope you'll notice some names of people you don't yet know. And that way, maybe you'll be encouraged to uh, find out who they are and enjoy some conversation with them over a piece of cake. A couple of things to bring to your attention about life here at Church of the Palms. This coming Wednesday, we have a special treat, Elmarie Parker will be with us, uh, a mission worker uh, for the Presbyterian Church over in the Middle East. You know, we end up talking lots about the Middle East, hearing lots about the Middle East. Here is a woman who uh, spends her life in the Middle East, uh, in Syria, Iraq, Lebanon, and uh, she's gonna be with us Wednesday uh, evening, including uh, time at dinner, and also following that in the chapel, and we would love for you to come and join us. Uh, we will enjoy, I'm sure, a wonderful opportunity for us to learn more about really what is happening, what's the nature of the church in the Middle East. And so please come and join us for that. And if you'd like to join us for dinner especially, just call the church office, make a reservation, or you can uh, go to the church office this morning and uh, make your reservation to be with us this coming Wednesday to hear L. Marie Parker. Also underneath the tree as you're eating your cake, uh, you will uh, want to take a chance to take a look at the designs for our uh, new Palm Center, which we are uh, very excited about, and we hope that you'll take a time to to take a look. If you don't have that chance this morning and would like to come tomorrow night at 6 p.m., I will be hosting a town hall gathering in the Campus Center where we'll give you a chance again to take a look and to ask questions and for us to share with you the vision of what, uh, this next chapter in our church's life will be and then next Sunday we will be having a congregational meeting immediately following the 9 o'clock service and uh, taking up this uh, great project and uh, and affirming our moving forward so we hope that you'll join us for that next uh, Sunday morning. You see an insert in your bulletin about uh, nominating committee and we hope that you will uh, perhaps to be thinking not, not only about others who might be in leadership, but perhaps you feel like this is the time to put your name forward, to be considered as a leader and an officer in our church's life. Vacation Bible School is uh, fast approaching, and we could use your support, and there's signups for that underneath the tree, as well as Day of Hope, which again is fast approaching, uh, and we would love for you to come and join us as we think about Uh, how you might be involved. 300 people uh, usually get involved with this and there's no job too small uh, for you to, uh, to help us out with so we would love for you to come and learn more about that. Let's continue our worship.
2: us with the light.
3: Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, on this Pentecost Sunday, we give you thanks for sending us your Holy Spirit. We are grateful that you give yourself to us in many ways. You give us life and breath and make us your children and permit us to call you Father, Abba. We thank you for the redemption you give us Redemption and restoration as the Son, and tell us we may call you brother. Now, O Lord, send us the gift of your Holy Spirit to fill this space and this place and us and the world with your holiness. Touch us with truth that like fire and with beauty that moves like the wind, we pray. Free us, O God, to celebrate the birthday of your church to try new ways of living, to forgive ourselves and others, to love and laugh and sing, to lay aside our burden of seeking security, to join the battle for justice and peace, to make more disciples for the service of Christ, to see, listen, and wonder like children again, and to celebrate the mystery of your presence with us. Now we pray that you will, with your Spirit, within and among us, move your world and do your work and share your love. We remember those who stand in need of special care for your love and grace. We remember those who are homeless, those who are grieving, those who are sick, those who are afraid, and those who are lonely. We pray that you'll touch each of them according to your will, and you will make each of them well. We pray all those prayers, spoken and unspoken, in the name of our Lord and Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, As we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen now every time we um, draw in a breath or we see something move because of the wind we are reminded of the presence of the holy spirit the presence of god in our lives and we have and move and breathe and have our being in God's love and grace. Now it is our opportunity to return our thanks to God through the giving of our offerings and tithings. Let us pray. We love you, O God, for you have loved us first. We thank you for all the gift and grace we receive from you each day. Today, we bring these gifts of our offerings to you so that your love and grace may be spread like wildfire, not only here in Sarasota, but all through the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated as Carol and our children come forward for a special time.
4: Hey. How's everybody? It's getting warm out. <laughs> hey guys, hey Claire. Marin. Come on up. So on a hot day, on a hot summer day. Um, An electric fan can really keep us cool. How does it keep us cool? How does it cool? Like it blows air and the blowing air keeps us cool. We kind of, you know, can we see the air that comes out of the fan? We can? So if I turn this fan on, will you be able to see the air coming out of the fan? Let's see. Now, you see it? You can't see the air, really. How do you know it's blowing? How do you know it's blowing? Can you guys see air? You think you can see the air because of the streamers, right? I tied some streamers on there because um, even though we really can't see air, <laughs> we, can know, we know the air is blowing because of the streamers. So we know that my fan has, has power, right? Another way we can know that there's, air, that there's air is because we can feel it, right? Can you feel it blowing on you? Right. So that's the way we know. And finally, what's one more way we know that there's air there, even though we can't see the air? What do you think? Can you hear it? it. You can feel it, but you can hear it, right? You can hear my fans sort of hear it, right? Anyway, um, so today is uh, a special day that special day in the church that some churches uh, recognize and celebrate, kind of like a birthday of the church, it's called the Day of Pentecost. So here's how it all began, okay? The Bible tells us that on the Day of Pentecost, all the Jesus followers were together gathered in a room, okay? And they were together in one place and God sent the Holy Spirit. Remember that gift that the disciples were sent were waiting for? God sent the Holy Spirit to give them power to teach other people about Jesus. So how did they know that the Holy Spirit was there? Could they see it? They they couldn't see it, but they knew it was there. So the Bible tells us that they knew the Holy Spirit was there because <laughs> they could hear in the room a mighty rushing wind right there. They couldn't see the wind, but they could hear this mighty rushing wind coming from the heavens. So, could they see the wind? Could they see the Holy Spirit? No but they could hear it. They knew the Holy Spirit was there because of that that sound of the wind. Then something else kind of crazy happened. They they could feel the, um, well, actually, no, they saw from the heavens came these fiery tongues of fire that sort of came from the heavens and landed right upon their heads. And they knew that the Holy Spirit was there because they could see the fire just like you guys can see my little streamers here, right? They could see it, but could they see the Holy Spirit? They couldn't see the Holy Spirit, but they knew it was there. The other crazy thing that happened is those peep, those, those um, Jesus followers knew that the Holy Spirit was with them because they could, f- they could feel the power that God sent them, that power. And you know what? They, God sent the Holy Spirit to them, they had the ability to speak all different kinds of languages that they didn't even know. So they knew that the Holy Spirit was with them, even though they still could not see the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? That, that by, the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that God sent those, those, those Jesus followers is here right with us right now. And we can't see it, but we can hear it. We can hear it speaking to our hearts, and we can see it moving in our lives as we serve others. Some people we're serving this weekend with Family Promise and when we shine our light to others. And then we can also feel the power of his presence in our hearts as God guides us every day to teach others about Jesus. Will you pray with me? Dear Father, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be, to be our teacher and our guide Help us to listen and obey your Holy Spirit as it teaches us how to tell others about Jesus. Amen.
0: Be seated. Well, let's hear the good news as it is told to us in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Hear the word of God. When the day of Pentecost had come, Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others steered and said, they are just filled with new wine. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. <clears throat> By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O oh Lord, that you will Through your Holy Spirit, the power of your Holy Spirit, allow these words to simply amplify the word just read and the word made flesh in Jesus Christ that we truly may discover again the power in Pentecost. For We pray this in Christ's name, amen. One of the things you learn early on as a preacher is that on any Sunday morning, as folks made their way way into the parking lot and then eventually come through the doors of the sanctuary, they are bringing with them a whole host of questions. The sanctuary on Sunday morning is a room full of questions. The mysterious and wondrous human soul contains within it a myriad of questions about the world and about our life, and people bring these questions with them wherever they go, and they bring them with them on Sunday morning when they come to church, both consciously and unconsciously. Some of them sometimes actually have something to do on Sunday morning with the church itself. Even fewer have any correlation at all as to what the preacher plans to talk about. It may be Sunday morning and you're at church, but the question you have is about the presentation you're gonna make at work on Wednesday morning. It may be that the preacher is gonna talk about love, but your question, the question that's occupying your mind is about your 1040 tax return. It may be that the theme of the day is grace, But at least one person is wondering how did Michigan lose that game last night? (laughs) It is somewhat overwhelming and humbling when I look out upon a congregation any Sunday morning and imagine all the questions that have been brought to this very moment. All the questions that you and I gather up together to ask. Now there is one question I believe that people do bring to this place more than most others. And it is the question of how they feel about themselves as persons, as human beings. How am I doing? I think we often ask, how am I doing as a person? Am I all of what I would want to be? And maybe more importantly, am I all of what God would want me to be? Is there a person inside of us, a better person inside of us than what meets the eye? And how do I become this better person? Abraham Lincoln called it the better angels of our nature. How do I elicit this better angel of my nature? Preachers will tell you that that is the question they often get, often in one-to-one conversations inside the privacy of our studies. Preacher, how do I become a better person? Phyllis Brooks, the author of O Little Town of Bethlehem said it this way, bad will be the day for every man when he becomes absolutely contented with the life that he's living, with the thoughts that he's thinking, with the deeds that he's doing when there is not forever beating at the doors of his soul some great desire to do something larger, which he knows he was meant and made to do because he is still, in spite of all, a child of God. I think when we come here on Sunday morning, there is, at least in the back of our minds, how do I become more a child of God? that's just another way of asking the question, is there a better person inside of you and me that we want to become? And I bet most of us, maybe all of us, yearn in some way to be that better person. Now the movement from yearning to be a better person to actually trying to become a better person is one of the great marks of human maturity. It is one of the signs that a person has moved from childhood to adulthood when that person takes up the concern of becoming a better person. Not a smarter person, not a richer person, not a more powerful person, and not even a better person over against anybody else, but simply the better person that is inside of here. It's no surprise that when the apostle Paul talks about the gift of love in that wonderful 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, He acknowledges that to love, one must take on a sense of maturity. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Oh, but when I became an adult, I put away childish ways. To be better, or for Paul to become more loving, is to mature. It is to become an adult, But the question is, how do I become this better person? Well, Pentecost might be a good day for us to wonder about that question, because Pentecost certainly is a day within our great Christian story, when a bunch of people became together different people. Something happened on Pentecost when a collection of timid and reluctant and and confused people all of a sudden were changed into passionate and forthright and articulate people who had good news to tell and certainly were not afraid to lay their lives on the line. Those who had once doubted, those who hid, those who deny, were now people who had received a power from beyond themselves and became, as a result, better people. Not elevated people, not I've got one over on you kind of people, but inside their own stories, inside their own selves, they became better in respect to becoming more of what God wanted them to be. And I think most of us have that wonderment, don't we? How can I become more of what God would hope me to be? Now, the far easy answer to give at Pentecost is to simply say that what makes us a better person is simply receiving the Holy Spirit. It would be true to say that, of course. I believe our hope of becoming better people is doomed if we do not rely upon the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But, but that's only half the answer that I believe Pentecost gives us to this question of becoming a better person because what Pentecost is begging to remind us in our celebration is what, is, is what it tells us about what brought those apostles together in that one place when they received the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, Luke tells us, they were together in one place now what were they doing together what what they were doing together was that they were celebrating one of the great feasts of God's people the feast of weeks the Greeks called it Pentecost but the Jews called it the feast of weeks and the feast of weeks was the Jewish answer to our Thanksgiving day the feast of weeks took place seven weeks after the Passover and it was the time when the people of God celebrated and gave thanks for the harvest in particular the harvest of grain, the harvest of wheat. It was a time to rejoice in the providence of God who allowed them the harvest. They were giving thanks for the simple food on their plates and that was the time in their thanksgiving when the Spirit came. Now can I submit to you this morning that that is not just a coincidence. Can I suggest to you today that there is this deep truth about your life and mine to be learned here about the experience of Pentecost, and that is the experience of Pentecost is likely to be found in the expression of our thanksgiving. We become better by virtue of the Holy Spirit, and we become aware of the power of the Holy Spirit when we are in the midst of our expression of gratitude. You know the truth is one of the great marks of spiritual maturity is our increasing ability to give thanks. Thankfulness is the mark of a mature person. Every kid growing up gets commanded by their parents to say thank you when the child is given something. What do you say? We ask that because children are not necessarily prone to being thankful. What do you say? Thank you. But maturity, spiritual maturity, comes when gratitude begins to take hold of our hearts and our souls. A mature person is a thankful person. The quest to be better, dare I say, originates in our ability to be thankful. One begets the other. Life takes on a whole new dimension when we pause and look at what we have, look at where we've been, look at all that we have received, and we say, wow, I... I did so so little to deserve this. The apostles gathered in the feast of, festival of weeks and thanked the good Lord for the grain they did not grow and maybe for the fish they did not put in the sea. And in their thanksgiving, spirit came. And when the spirit came, they became different people. Thankfulness inspires improvement. Gratitude ignites self-renovation. The good things we do and the good things we are come as a result of being thankful. Yesterday, I was up at my alma mater in Pennsylvania at commencement, and we honored a man who had given a lot to the college, an abundance of his time, an abundance of his wisdom, and an abundance of his money, and after the awards were presented and the applause subsided, he said to the arena of people, you have it backwards. It is I who must give thanks to you for the honor of service, for the honor of serving you, for the opportunity you gave me to become a part of something bigger than myself. The good things we do, the good things we are, come as a result of our gratitude. Makes me think of the story I read not long ago about a group of World War II veterans who had been gathering together for several decades at a restaurant in Suffolk, Virginia called Bunnies. And what these men held in common is not only that they were veterans of the same war, but they were POWs, prisoners of war, in the same theater of that war, the South Pacific, many of them survivors of the Bataan Death March. And every month they would gather at Bunnies to have a little fellowship and to tell a few stories and maintain the bond of their shared experience. Well, it was several years ago that one morning when these former POWs got up from their breakfast and went to pay their bill, that the restaurant owner announced to them that the bill had been paid. The entire bill had been paid. Who paid, the veterans asked. Well, the owner said he wasn't sure. Following month, when the veterans got together, and got to pick up to the pay, they learned again that the bill had been paid, taken care of by a benefactor that wished to remain anonymous. Next month, same thing, next month, same thing. This went on for years, a group of veterans and fellow prisoners of war having fellowship and somebody unknowing picking up their tab. Finally, a waitress let slip the man's identity and it turned out to be a local businessman, William Blair, who had happened into bunnies on that one particular morning and noticed as he got out of his car and walking through the parking lot, all these license plates with POW insignias on them. When he went inside, he inquired about the identity of these men and the owner told him that it was these prisoners who were gathering together each month for some camaraderie. Well, then Mr. Blair said, breakfast is on me. Swore them to secrecy. Furthermore, he said, as long as those guys get together, breakfast will always be on me. Mr. Blair said that when those, women, when those men were sitting in those prisoner of war camps, he was just a little boy back in the States, playing in the streets, having fun, not giving any mind to the sacrifice of these men far away. Now he knows those men allowed him to have a childhood for which he is grateful and his thankfulness he knew had to go beyond just sentiment. He had to do something. So as small a gesture as it was, breakfast was always going to be on him. Thankfulness begets doing the right thing. We do good things out of our gratitude the starting point for becoming a better person is the level of our gratitude and so there the disciples are gathered in their gratitude and they're raising the sheaf of elevation during the festival of weeks and that's when the holy spirit comes and fills them and empowers them and begins to make them into something more than what they were. We can't forget what the disciples were doing when the Holy Spirit came. They just weren't sitting around. They were thanking God and their thanksgiving became the breeding ground for the Holy Spirit to begin changing them and making them into the people God wanted them to be. So the Pentecost question might be, what is my discipline of intentional gratitude? What is the rhythm of my life that allows for me to pause and to see all the reasons to give thanks and to find within that pause the quickening of the Holy Spirit so that I might live my life in response to what I have received? Makes me think of David Horace. You may not know the story of David Horace. David Horace is a, a good man. He lives in Georgia. He is the chief of police at the Georgia Highlands College. He is loved and respected in his community. David tries to do every day the right thing. He has spent a good portion of his life trying to keep people safe, and he also has spent a portion of his life trying to raise money for a scholarship up at his high school in Newark, New Jersey. He, he wants to give a chance to have a kid at his his high school, his former high school, be able to go to college. He named the scholarship, interestingly enough, the Ronald Griffin Scholarship. Ronald Griffin, as it turns out, is the person that David thinks about when he goes to his place of thanksgiving, because when he goes to his place of thanksgiving, he goes back to that night in 1986 when he was 16 years old and with a bunch of his friends, was kind of goofing around on the streets of Newark and and were approached by a gunman intent on robbing them. And David and his friends froze when they saw the man's gun and, and feared for their life. And while they reached into their pockets to give this man whatever he wanted, out of nowhere a stranger approached and tried to intervene in this robbery on behalf of the boys. Seconds later, however, shots rang out and the stranger, Ronald Griffin, lay dying on the sidewalk while the gunman sped away. The boys all ran except for David who stayed beside the man who saved his life. The only words he heard his hero say were, please don't leave me alone to die by myself. By the time the ambulances showed up, he had passed. David Horace will tell you that he is who he is today, an officer of peace and security because he sought to live his life in response to Ronald Giffen's intervening death. How could I waste my life, he says, when a man like him died for me and my friends in his place of thanksgiving. He's trying to do the right thing. Oh, and Ronald Griffin, oh, what was he doing there to try to stop a robbery? Turns out he had had his own Pentecost just months before. Gobbled up by the grace of God, he had turned his life around from his own dead ends and wanted his life now to be lived in response to this grace of the Savior. How grateful he had become, and was that the spark that placed him between those strange youth and that pointed gun? Only the Lord knows. Truth is, the last time. Truth is, Pentecost can happen anywhere and at any place. The Spirit can come when the Spirit wishes to come. But we are bound to find the Spirit in our thanksgiving. When was the last time you've been to your place of thanksgiving? When was the last time you stopped in the midst of the hustle and bustle and intentionally brought to mind all those things for which you were grateful? your family, maybe you're grateful for your family, maybe it's a a mentor in your life, maybe it's the skill that God has given you to allow you to be financially secure, maybe it's the heroes of another generation whose sacrifice made your freedom possible, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it is the savior, maybe it is the wheat that grows in the field that you did not plant nor did you harvest, but that you will enjoy we drink from wells we did not dig, so says the writer of Deuteronomy. We drink from wells we did not dig, and we are warmed by fires we did not build. What would your life be like if you took yourself to that place every day just for a little bit and thanked the good Lord for all those wells from which you drink which you did not build? And all those fires to find in that moment maybe the ultimate fire that you did not kindle, that inflames you into a different life, a life in response to all of what God has already given you. Can you imagine your very own Pentecost? For it is in those Pentecost places where you and I begin to live a better life. Can I remind you, we have been invited to a party and we we encourage you to join us as we go underneath the tree and perhaps sing a little bit before we have some good cake together. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. you.